Well, hello there, listeners. It is I, once again, DJ Starsage, coming to you from the candy cupboard, where it's a little closer to the candy oven <laughs> these last few weeks or days. Anyways, you're in store for another edition of Surely You Jest, the day-to-day -day life of a modern-day jester. So, how are you? And what have you been up to lately? It is summer. That means most of you are probably trying to get outdoors a little bit more and um, maybe you're uh, sticking your tootsies in a cool puddle of water maybe having a, a kiddie pool out and a patio chair well here at Chateau Star Sage uh, we live in a little bit of an older home there's no room for all the modern conveniences that give us the the indoor chilled air no siree no no air conditioning here. This house was uh, built in the 60s and uh, they implemented the quite space-saving uh, radiant heat. Why, thank you very much. I thought you'd notice. No. Uh, it just means that our heat is uh, made by boiling water in a system for uh, you know the, the cooler months of the year but of course uh, well in those days people just uh, lived with having their windows cracked and a fan on which you may or may not be able to hear in the background I have one going presently but uh, we have just had a quite pleasant break from the horror no, not, uh, you know, what others talk about with, uh, Big Fatty there, no. Uh, no gentlemen's club here. But, uh, we were in, uh, temperatures above 80, close to 90, for a couple of days there. And, uh, well, it was certainly nice that Hubby had, uh, made a project of treating our windows last year with this special sort of a plastic a film that uh, well you know it uh, turns down the Sun's heat basically not too much unlike what some might do uh, for their uh, car you know when when you were younger perhaps and you had your first car and you didn't want to pay to get your windows tinted kind of that idea but uh, on a more high-tech scale it uh, it blocks the harmful bands of the sun's rays, the, the kind that, uh, well, does not so nice things to your skin. Anyways, so we've just uh, experienced a break in the hotter temperatures, and I am seated at my desk with the window open, and I am enjoying a breeze as we've just had a brief rainfall. I'm not quite close enough for you to be able to hear the 
the birds outside, but we do have an assortment of feeders out there for the enjoyment of our kitty cats to to see the the wildlife and uh, you know it's sort of like uh, kitty TV. So uh, let's see. The other week, Hubby and I managed to get together with my sister Betty. We drove out to the uh, area of Juniper Lake, where Hubby used to punch his time clock, and we met for lunch that day. This was at a neighborhood bar, however, uh, it's sort of a, uh, well, a local best-kept secret. It's uh, a uh, establishment that also serves food, and, well, <laughs> it is uh, something to experience, of course, because, uh, you know, from the outside, you might not think it's anything special, but you go in, take a seat, and if you're patient, because they, they typically only have one person working many days, same poor guy is not only tending bar, but waiting tables, and is the cook, so he's a one-man band. But uh, the, you know, the food is quite tasty, and the prices are reasonable, so if you bring your patients with you, no, not that you're a doctor, but if you are patient with them, and you, you bring some good company to pass the time, there's uh, certainly a experience to be enjoyed by all. It uh, is quite an experience, uh, by the way. It was... The building, at least, was once an old hunting cabin. Here in the uh, upstates, I like to call it western, because we're nowhere near the middle of the state out here. Um, this part of New York, there are quite a few places that specialize in building a little cottage for you to take by the lake. Kind of like buying a, you know, a gardening shed for your backyard. Well... Uh, this is a hunting cabin, and uh, it had been once built for another place. It was brought in just for the purpose of being used for this local bar. And over the years, part of the building has settled to the point which the one wall that you come in at the front door uh, is leaning a slight bit. <laughs> So, uh, you know, there was no danger of this, the roof coming down. It's uh, just sort of all part of the charm. So, uh, but yes, we, we enjoyed a nice lunch out with my sister. And uh, we've actually, uh, since, you know, things have started calming down after all the, the vaccinations have made their rounds, and the state of New York has relaxed our mandates for mask wearing, although, quite honestly, I think I probably uh, still feel uncomfortable in some places. And, you know, there is the added benefit that if one suffers from allergies, you might find yourself less bothered <laughs> with your breathing wearing one of those things. So, 
you know, maybe uh, the experience has just uh, been par for the course, as they say. But uh, we have been getting out a little bit more in more recent days. We were able to meet up a couple of times with our friends who are transplants from the big city. They moved back here to have a change of pace and they both work in the medical industry. Yes, I'm talking about our friends that I have called Quincy and Trapper for obvious television-based reasons. And uh, let's see, well, those nice folks, they are headed out on a getaway soon. They are going on a cruise. I'm so jealous. They're going to be heading out to the Caribbean and have several ports of call and uh, you know I have uh, done my best to, to check and make sure that my friends will be safe. They did inform me that uh, each of the places that they will set foot in are places where they don't have any of those old laws on the books. You know the ones that basically say you have to be a man and a woman if you're gonna hold hands <laughs> or do a little bit more. Uh, so yes they are headed out on a cruise and uh, I feel a little bit guilty because uh, we have known them for about a year. Of course we weren't able to to see their home until after that because uh, you know they were relocating and we're actually in the process of closing on a new home for themselves so uh, but you know, at least in the last six months we have been to their house several times and uh, you know as any good friend is one to do I have been wanting to invite them to see the chateau but of course uh, you know is uh, <laughs> as things go when you buy an older home well we have a checklist of things we've wanted to accomplish in this place to make it uh, a, a bit more modern a bit more comfortable and you know if you uh, maybe were raised in a little bit more of an old-fashioned family like I was you kind of want to pick the place up before you get a visit from dear sweet mom okay maybe mom's no longer with us but these friends are as close to family as it gets so I'd <laughs> I'd like the place to sort of pass a white glove test not really going to happen but um, it has served to light a fire under hubby's tuchus uh, meaning that honey-do list has had a few more things checked off and uh, I am pleased to say that we have recently cleaned and repainted our kitchen ceiling and have made use of a uh, an embossed wallpaper that we got on clearance a while back and uh, hubby is going to be turning our kitchen ceiling into a, a, a thing of beauty, a thing of art. It's going to look like the ceilings you might see in a old 
grocery or an old mom-and-pop general store. They called them tin ceilings, T-I-N, and they had often a pattern pressed into them because they were basically tiles. And uh, in our case, we're just going to be making use of this embossed wallpaper that has a very similar pattern. And we'll be hanging up some some uh, wood strips to, to make it look like it's a fancier type of ceiling. You know what they call a Colford ceiling? Uh, so that should uh, add to some of the the uh, splendor as well as we have purchased some quite decorative uh, elements for our parlor our living room and these are uh, sort of a, a tin or I'm sure they're probably aluminum um, sort of a plate but uh, they're medallions is the uh, more formal name for them and they will be affixed to our ceiling to give the living room a little bit of class. So, uh, we're going to pause for a moment as uh, we are just ending the month of June. And of course, in many places, June is the month that we celebrate diversity. We celebrate Pride, and uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to revisit a moment or two from uh, my uh, previous show, The Far Away Nearby. These are two tributes that my co-host, Duchess Sue, and I have celebrating diversity and pride. <laughs> you had a very special person in your life that you wanted to take a few moments to talk about? It's true. Um, when I was, I don't know, in my mid-twenties, I worked at a mental hospital in the state of Nebraska. And a fellow employee named Joe, who I always called JoJo for some reason, or frequently called JoJo for some reason, um, and I worked together. Now, I met him about two years into my employment there. I worked there for five years, uh, and I think he worked there somewhat less. He quit before I did, and I followed him about six months later. And I wrote this up because um, it, it, I sometimes think bit about crying when I, I, I get kind of choked up when I think about JoJo, so... I met Jojo while working at the main campus at the State Mental Institute Hospital. I met the doctor while working as a waitress about five years earlier. Joe and I worked the night shift, showing up at 11 o'clock sharp and leaving promptly at 7 a.m. Mostly it was boring shift and left plenty of time to read or study, and there were many a night when we told life stories to pass the time. Joe and I were both university students a bit out of stride with the other employees. So we managed to spend a lot of time together, assigned to the same wards, etc. One night I mentioned that I had 
weighted tables during high school at one of the hopefully, but not really, upscale restaurants. Upon hearing this, Jojo curiously asked if I had ever met the doctor. You couldn't have worked there without knowing the doctor and his gaggle of beautiful boys. I mean, beautiful. Looking at Joe, I knew he must have been one of them. The doctor and his boys would come in uh, in a, a couple of times a month and someone was taken off other chores and assigned to take care of the doctor and his boys explicitly. Joe and I talked about this for a while and then he, he was uh, forgotten books and other things. I guess Joe and I were friends. He gave me rides to work when my motorcycle was out of commission or it was too snowy to ride. The hospital was about five miles out of town. We worked on a couple of local political campaigns together. We were both in the local AFSCME union, that's the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, if anyone is curious. About six months after being elected president of the union, of the local labor union, Joe decided to quit. Both the president and the, both the presidency and the mental hospital. And wonderful young man that he was, he stuck me with the presidency of the union. No one else wanted it, neither did I. After a few months at the position, I didn't, I didn't want it either. And after five years at the hospital, I wanted out as well. I resigned the presidency and a month later, the job. Jojo and I continued to see each other around campus for the next year or so. We'd talk for a while and continue on our way. We hadn't been close personal friends so much so I don't think I didn't think much of it but people you work with and 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 folks you see around campus tend to slip away without really noticing a few years later a friend told me that Jojo had passed away I was a bit confused he was young and healthy short of being mugged in the big city or killed in an automobile accident this was impossible or improbable it was the gay disease i was told it had not only taken jojo but it had taken the doctor and most of the young men that he had nurtured through the years a picture of the doctor and his cheerful young men flashed before my eyes in a quiet in a quite dramatic fashion ending with a picture of jojo in full winter clothing, scraping the snow off the ice of his little Volkswagen rabbit after telling me not to breathe too much as I waited in the car. I still miss Jojo and probably always will. I've been closer to many people and I've, I've worked with, but no one has touched me more than Jojo. Now you worked together, when was this, in the early 80s? This would have been the late 70s, early 80s, maybe the mid-80s. I, I could look it up. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, but he had quite an impact on, on my life as, and, and my understanding about people. I don't, I don't think he was the first gay person I ever met. Uh, and he probably wouldn't be, the, and obviously he's not the last, but, but he, he had for, for a, for someone that I just worked with and that slipped away from, from my, from 
my knowing what happened to him so easily. He had a, a really strong impact upon me. Mm-hmm. Now, how long would you say between when you both left that job until you were told that he had passed on? Oh, five, maybe ten years. Oh, so it was completely by surprise because you, you weren't running into him anymore even. Yeah, it, it's we had were both no longer doing anything <laughs> at all the same. He had he had finished college and gone somewhere. I and you know it it just never dawned on us that we needed to keep in touch. We would probably run into each other somewhere mm-hmm. again. Um, so you traveled in different circles, basically. We traveled in quite different circles. Mm-hmm. I you know I uh, he was. In the parlance of the day, he was much greater, and you may think yeah, it's funny because he's a, he was gay. But in the in the terminology that my friends and I used, straight people were anyone who wasn't like a hippie kind of mm-hmm. person. Uh, and JoJo certainly was not in that mode. He he, you couldn't tell him amongst the professional people downtown. Mm-hmm. He always dressed like, you know, his casual dress was was a button-down shirt and maybe with the sleeves rolled up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so just like the Duchess, I had someone in the gay and lesbian community that was influential in my life. Now, in my case, I was much younger, just as with the Duchess. I have a musical tribute. It's a little shorter, but it's apropos because this would have been popular music at the time this woman uh, was in her wild youth. So, When I was but a boy, my folks moved to be closer to my mom's job. Coincidentally, we built a house in the vacant lot across the street from her boss. She came from my father's hometown, which was a delightful mystery to me, as I'd never spent much time there as a child. Jean was a kind lady. She always had her sunglasses on, had a cigarette in hand, and a can of Coors nearby. She had an infectious laugh and was often on her way to or from the golf course with her sun visor on. If mom and dad weren't concerned their youngest would turn out gay from spending so much time with a stay-at-home father, surely moving us next door to a militant lesbian was basically a layaway plan for my gaydom. I should explain that the uh, the neighbor was an ex-Navy nurse. Jean's yard was always immaculate. When not practicing her swing, she'd be seen out mowing it. And most importantly, she was generous with her mother's company, an older sweet lady that I kept her time frequently on afternoons and weekends. Little did I know that before becoming my mother's boss, she'd had a celebrated life of service. By the age of 21... Jean had joined the Navy and had left New York to be stationed in Alameda, California. So that song that I just played by Dinah Shore would have been popular when Jean would have just joined the service uh, in her early 20s. So she, uh, she had a wild and adventurous life from early on, I can imagine. I mean, growing up from a rural part of the country... You know, when when it's your time to face the music, so many young people decide they want to go to the big city, and she decided to not only go to the big city, but to also serve our country. So 
I salute Jean, and I have the the pleasure of knowing that she is buried in the cemetery with my father's family. Here is to all of the wonderful gay and lesbian people who have uh, modeled and shaped our futures. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed those tributes. Once again, those were from uh, 2017, so that was a few years back now. And uh, before I bid you a fond adieu, just want to touch base with you about uh, the season finale of Matinee Minutia. Yes, as we get to summer, it uh, gets close to that time where we just like to take a little bit of a break. It's like almost a vacation. Not that we <laughs> can afford to go anywhere. Hmm. But uh, if you've been paying attention or maybe you've fallen behind and you need to get, catch up. Well, over at Matinee Minutia, that show I do about film and television trivia with my co-host Toppy Smelly. We have been paying tribute to the month of Pride. Earlier in the month, we watched the 1995 film Jeffrey with Steven Weber and Patrick Stewart. And that was followed up a couple of weeks later with the Australian film from 94 with Hugo Weaving. And uh, I'm forgetting uh, the... Uh, <laughs> older gentleman there but uh, it was the adventures of Priscilla Queen of the Desert so two quite enjoyable films and uh, we are about to turn the page into our last handful of episodes for the season we're going to be discussing a 2004 action adventure that's uh, inspired by the likes of Flash Gordon and uh, well, a little bit of Captain America. This is a story that's set in a um, alternate timeline. It's 1939, and the uh, the big city has been mysteriously gone under attack by a, a fleet of gi giant robots. I almost said gigantic. Same thing. And uh, who can save the day? Well. It's our big city reporter's old flame who has a little bit of skill behind the uh, the stick. Uh, you know, in terms of being a, a pilot. <laughs> this star's English pretty guy, Jude Law, as well as the lady with the golden locks, Gwyneth Paltrow. And uh, one of uh, future Mrs. Brad Pitt's uh, uh, early films, Angelina Jolie, in a special role. Also, we're going to be joined by a dear friend from our visits at the Mid-Atlantic Sci-Fi Extravaganza. Our uh, friend in drag and cosplay... Demanda Martini will be joining us to talk about Sky Captain 
and the world of tomorrow. So please, if you would, join us this Friday, July 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go over to Matinee, M-A-T-I-N-E-E, Minutia, M-I-N-U-T-I-A-E, dot com. And click on the little blue controller icon there for our chat room, which is called Discord. Or you can click on the tower to listen to our show in audio stream. And of course, we are also on YouTube, so you can see our pretty mugs all dolled up for the occasion. We hope to see you in the chat room. And as always, this is DJ Starsage. You can tweet me on Twitter at DJ Starsage or email me djstarsage at gmail.com I hope you enjoy your summer and that is all for now kisses from the candy cupboard bye bye this has been an Alibug production I have a voice I have a voice you have a voice you have a voice we have a voice we have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net.